I have a dream that all men are created equal. Welcome to Your Story. This is episode six. Thanks for dropping by. I've had a great couple of days connecting with people and doing a lot of work both here and on the site. If you want to check out the site, go to yourstorypodcast.com and leave a comment there if you'd like. There's also an email link if you want to use that. There's also links for the subscriptions and also to get the feed for your feed reader if that's the way you'd rather do it. I'm having an absolute hoot. I hope you're enjoying yourself. Love to hear from you. Now, back in November, I was on Twitter. And Richard Giles of Scouter fame posted a little link to his blog where he'd mentioned that he'd caught up with Juan Mann. Juan is the chap that you may well have seen in the YouTube video of him holding up the free hugs sign. And uh, he started the free hugs campaign, which has gone absolutely off around the world. uh, 20, 25 million downloads to date. And uh, he uh, had started this open house idea where he was basically inviting the world around to his home. So over Christmas, I was passing through Sydney and I thought, well, bugger it, I'll give it a shot, see how this goes. So I phoned him up and I said, hey, Juan, I'm in. I'm in Sydney. I'm just passing through for a few days. Any chance we could catch up? And he said, sure, come on over. So 10 o'clock in the morning, I rock on over there with a cup of coffee in my hand and I introduce myself. And uh, we sit down and we have a bit of a yarn for a little while. And I tell him what I'm up to. I tell him about this little podcast. And he got excited for me. I was just, you know, considering the level of his success, that was really heartwarming that he could get excited for what I'm doing. So we talked for a while and then I said, can I get your story, mate? And he said, sure, where's your recorder? Pull it out. So I got it out and he told me his story. Juan's an absolutely lovely human being. I think we could all learn a lot from his humility and his humanity. He has it in bucket loads. We sat down and we talked for some time and I hope I get to meet the fellow again one day. He's just an absolute gem. This is his story. Welcome to the show, Juan Man. Thank you for having me again. I yeah. appreciate it. Hey, this is wonderful. We've, uh, it's the 7th of January, um, and I'm sitting in your little unit here in uh, Newtown in Sydney. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for dropping in. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's, let's, just, let's just talk. I, I saw the YouTube video, just fell over it, you know, it became very popular. Um, I've heard you on Denton's Enough Rope. I understand that you've done other substantial interviews around the place. Mm-hmm. For the people who don't know, tell me your story. Oh, and by the way, this podcast is called Your Story. Oh, is that what you do? You run yeah. around and interview people for their story? Perfect. It's called Your Story. So You never run out of material, do so, you? That's right. And Juan, what's your story? My story, I started offering free hugs in the Pitt Street Mall in Sydney, in June 2004, just as a way of cheering myself up, but to kind of see if it would work. I was curious. It was one of those things where I thought, hmm, 
if a stranger walked around with a sign that said free hugs, would someone stop and hug him? And I did it. And for 15 minutes, standing in the pit street mall, nothing happened. People stared at me. People laughed, pointed. How did you feel during that period? Terrified. I have never been so afraid of anyone or anything in my life as I did in that moment. And I kind of started thinking, well, if no one's going to hug me, is there something wrong with me or is there something mm. wrong with the world around me? And then this little did you, lady... Did you feel like running away at that point? Did you still go, I gotta go, I can't handle this? Before I got up there, I remember I was walking towards the mall. I got on the escalators to, to head up to Pitt Street. Carrying your sign on. Carrying my sign and I'm like, oh God, I'm about to go up there and actually do this. I nearly passed out. I got to the top of the escalator and ran straight back down the stairs next to it wow. and hid for a little bit. Major fear. Terrifying kind of thing. You're putting yourself out there in front of everyone and on show. You're creating a freak show of yourself, aren't you? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You, you kind of, when you take that step, it's terrifying to realize the consequences of your actions. And yeah, I didn't know what would happen. But, um, so what was the feeling as you sort of stood there and lifted the sign for the first time and looked around? What was that moment? Did you make a commitment, I'm here for 15 minutes, come what may? I was going to stay for one hour, no matter what. I was going to stay for one hour, hug as many people as I could, and then I was going to put my free hug sign away and go back to this list of other things that I was going to do that would make me and possibly other people smile. So, you know, I was going to go on with this charity of kindness, but I wasn't going to um, keep offering free hugs. It was supposed to be a one-off thing. Right. And the first lady that hugged me told me about her daughter dying a year ago that day and her daughter's dog dying that morning and how, you know, just seeing me standing there with a free hug sign gave her hope and cheered her up a little bit on, you know, this saddest day of her year. And I kind of stood there and thought, I'm doing this for fun, but it means something to a lady like this. If it means something to her and it's just fun to me, then it wouldn't be really nice of me to stop. So I thought I'll keep going. I'll come back the next week. So did you get any more, give any more hugs that day? That day? I stayed out there for eight hours that day. Wow. I didn't go to the bathroom. I didn't go and have lunch. I didn't wow. get anything to drink. I just stood out there. So you went up for one hour and, and stayed, stayed for, for eight. And did you get many hugs that day? Hundreds. Seriously? Hundreds of hugs. People bought me flowers and drinks and... It was a case of... So once you got the first lady after 15 minutes, it just snowballed. That's it. And it hasn't stopped since. <laughs> That's extraordinary. It happened so quickly. Yeah. It... Somebody had to break the ice, I imagine, and then away it went. Well, that's it. And it's something I've noticed over the years, that if I'm standing there on my own, a lot of people will kind of gather around and watch and wait for someone else to break the ice. And then when they see that it's okay, people just swarm. Right. So everyone needs an icebreaker. It's like person. when you go dancing or something and the floor is empty and the band's playing. and It's that first one couple, couple that gets up, up there. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly it. So, yeah, three and a half years after doing that, um, a video ends up on YouTube that a friend had edited together that he'd filmed of me being banned by the council. So what, what, what was his motivation for filming the video? He filmed it three years ago. We were both working in Pitt Street and he just watched me and he just watched a documentary, one of those popular ones, like Super Size Me or something. Yeah. And he wanted to do his own thing like that. And he saw me and he's like, hey, has anyone filmed you yet? I'm like, no. People take photos all the time, but no, no filming. And he said, look, I'm going to borrow my dad's camera and I'm going to come back. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm always here, so if you want to film me, film me. If you don't, don't. I don't care. Yeah, you're I'm just doing your thing. I've got my thing. It's fine. And then he came back the next week with a camera, and the week after that, the council stepped in and said, you out. Yeah, why? Um, what was their motivation? Public liability. What, if you broke some poor old ears back or something? Yeah, this was that era 
where if people were tripping over cracks in the yeah. footpath, they were suing the council. People were robbing someone's home and they were slipping on wet tiles and the thieves were, yeah. were suing the, the homeowners. It was that era where people were freaking out over everything. So it was a case of if I hugged someone and they got injured during a hug, then the council was liable because I'm just some anonymous guy on the street. Sure. It's an appalling attitude. So they wanted me to get insurance for that and didn't, didn't do it. <laughs> and insurance for giving out hugs. Yeah, yeah, it was just like, right, we've really gone over the top. That's right. We? That's just ridiculous. So, so um, I'd imagine you just refused. I laughed and said, where am I supposed to get the money for that? I'm doing this for free. There's no way I can raise money to do that. Like, oh, we'll just go get a corporate sponsor. It'll be fine. That's how you do this. Oh, okay. oh that's easy, isn't it? You just That changes things. All right. <laughs> no. No, I can't do that. So um, I called some of the other councils in Sydney and asked them what they would do in this situation. And most of the other councils laughed and said, the city council are idiots. Over the top. They always do things like this. Um, and one council member suggested I get a petition up. And just said, look, you know, we respond to petitions. It's the people. Right. So, um, you know, go out and get a petition signed. I don't know, do your research on the number of signatures you need to get and the wording and things. And, um, yeah, get a petition going. That should sort everything out pretty easily. So I did. Printed up a petition, went around Sydney for two weeks. It took me two weeks to get 10,000 signatures. I was kind of overwhelmed at how fast that's, that. That's impressive, isn't it? That's really quick. Yeah. Um, and if every signature is probably worth another 10 of people who feel that way. Exactly. So it was just astounding to realize how fast I was getting signatures Yeah. as well. Did I you have other people getting signatures for you as well? Um, like two days. And they got a couple of thousand signatures on the days that they helped out. It was just amazing. Right. It was really, really, really quick. And this was like during the elections in 2004. So I took a day off to go and offer free hugs outside of the election the polling booth. The state election? Yeah, uh, federal. Federal, okay. So you're giving free hugs outside polling booth? Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's one of my favourite things to do, actually, because you you start the day and everyone's like, vote this party, vote that party, and then you stand there just going, vote for whoever you like, thanks for coming out. I know it's compulsory, yeah. but yeah. it did a good thing, and people are like, thank you. By the end of the day, everyone's put down their party sides and like, can we hold yours? Really? Yeah, don't vote Labor, don't vote Labor. Who cares who you vote for? Just thanks for showing up and voting. Have a great day. You know who you're going to vote for anyway. Mm. Hmm. So, um, you know, that's one of my favourite things to do when that, when that election's around. So, so your mate's making this video of you trying to be turfed out of... Uh, yeah. What, what, Pitt Street Mall? Pitt Street Mall, yeah. yeah trying to be turfed out of Pitt Street Mall. Um, so he goes away with it. I mean, you didn't... What what happened there? You didn't, um, did you care what he'd filmed? Did you see it? No, no. I don't like watching me back. Yeah, right. I'm kind of... I don't know how you feel about listening back to yourself. Yeah, it's challenging. You get challenging. used to it over yeah, time. But yeah, I don't like my voice. Of course, I want to be deeper. You know? Yeah, want, that's it. Every time I, I see myself... Listen, being, I want to speak like James Earl Jones, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that resounding voice that everyone hears. Every time I see myself being... See footage of myself, I'm like, right, better posture, head back, do this. That's a lot more like it. That's right. And then I... Well, the great thing about the resolution on YouTube videos is they're so small. You, you, you don't know. notice details like <laughs> that right. anyway. But um, I didn't see the footage. He watched it back once and said, oh, this is going to be great. We'll just film some more stuff. Oh, okay. And then we'll put together a documentary. And then he called me one day and said, oh, band's going over to the States. We, we kind of got signed to a production company. Oh, so he was a member of a band, wasn't Yeah, he was in the band. And um, he was just raising money, working his dodgy job in Pitt Street, trying to, to get over to the States. Yeah, he went off to the States and recorded an album. I stayed here. Nothing happened with the, the tapes. We'd talk every now and then. Then one day my grandmother was in hospital and I was looking after my grandpa and he was kind of like, 
I was feeling a bit sad because I wasn't going out every week offering free hugs. I didn't kind of have that, that happiness. What you found was almost developing into an addiction by the sounds of it. It was knowing that not a negative addiction, but a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle addiction and it was saddening knowing that I was missing out for months, like three or four months. So he made a video and, and sent it to me as a kind of cheer up gift and remember that no matter what happens, I'll always get back out there someday. And, um, I got that the afternoon of my grandmother's funeral actually. So it was kind of a sad day, sure, but a happy day. Cause I hadn't seen the video before. And I didn't realize it's difficult to have an objective view of the things you do when you're doing them. So having been away from pit street and the free hugs thing for so many months and then seeing a video of it, me through someone else's eyes was kind of nice. So what did you think when you actually, you didn't see the raw footage you said, but when you no. eventually saw the finished video with all the music cut into it, mm. you know, what did you think when you saw that? I, um, I burst into tears. It was pretty emotional. It was a beautiful video. I can relate to that. It I, was, um, I must admit, first time I saw it, I went, wow, this is profound. Mm. This is really profound. And I must admit, a tear welled up in my eye too, that somebody yeah. could come up with such a simple thing that is so profound. And your mate did a brilliant job of he knocking did. it together. He did an amazing job. And I just, the first time I saw it, I, I watched over it thinking, it, it's like that. I just had forgotten. I'd been so caught up with my family and everything going yeah. on there that I'd forgotten. And it was a beautiful reminder. Yeah. So, so you know, the video goes out. Who put it on YouTube? Did you put it up? No, he did. Right, Okay. Um, so it goes up to YouTube, and then it must have started. How long did the groundswell start before it boomed? You know, I imagine there's a lead time. 24 know. hours? Well, that's not much of a lead time. No, I found so out... So it went from nothing to big in 24 hours. I found out it had been put on YouTube 48 hours after it had been uploaded, and it had just over a quarter of a million views in 48 hours. Wow. Um, it went big fast. It just shows how dynamic the web is, doesn't it? When it goes, it just... No idea how or why, but, yeah, it exploded real quick. Oh, it, it touches part of the human soul, mate. And it, within a month, it had a million views, and within two, it was at eight million, and then, yeah. What's it sitting on now? Any idea? Like 22. More than the population of Australia. Right. That's the only thing I ever... The first time it hit a million views, I'm like, hmm, that's a million people. That's a big number. And then it hit four million, I'm like, that's more than Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's and now how it's I think more, than the, more than the population of Australia. Yeah, it's it's humbling, and I I have very few people listen to my little podcast, but just those couple that I touch, I go, wow, I feel really honoured that they could even be bothered to take the time to yeah, listen to this. Yeah, it's it's nice yeah. when you get that yeah. kind of support yeah. for things you do. So it's it's just been so you know it, it, it booms, it, the word gets out there, people start chatting about it, and then your life must have changed. I think that biggest change was that I would sit on YouTube and watch all of these other videos from countries around the world where they were doing it there. People were taking pieces of cardboard and shirts and making their own free hug signs in their own languages and just taking it everywhere. I mean, that was possibly the most life-changing thing I've seen. Mm. When you see something you've created taken up around the world, it's like... How does it make you feel? I sat there at the time going, I'm 24, I'm 24, I'm 24. What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> what have I done to my life? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not often that you've uh, managed to have an effect on the entire culture at the age of 24. No, no. I did kind of sit there going, oops, 
I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. <laughs> can, I, can I take that one again? <laughs> can I have another shot? Hey, mate, it's better than being oh. an axe murderer or something. Yeah, I don't know who that is. They can stay. Um, yeah, it's better to be um, famous than infamous. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, better to be appreciated than feared. Yeah, that's right. Um, mm. So, um, you've, I saw you. On, I heard you on Denton. I didn't watch it, but I listened to it as a podcast. Mm. Um, do, have you done Oprah? Yes. What happened? To, how did that happen? Um, that was another one of those first week kind of freak out situations. Within okay, within seven days of the clip being online, there was a message sent from one of Oprah's producers saying, "Hey, um, just watch the video. Would love to get you on the show as a guest." Wow. And what, happened, what was that moment like? For me, that was Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. The one after Jerry. Got it. Okay, I'll go. Sure. <laughs> I'd never watched the show. So right. it was kind of like Oprah after Jerry, daytime TV. I know of her. I know she's been around forever. Didn't she give away cars recently or something? And that was it. I had no idea. Right. So, you, so you didn't fall into the whole Oprah Winfrey culture thing? Right. I was oblivious to it, and that was a mistake. That was a big mistake. What, so, 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 did they fly you over there? Yeah, they flew me over to Chicago. They put me up in a hotel, driven around in limos. I mean, I took a, a bus and a train to the airport here in Sydney, and I got picked up in a stretch limo in Chicago, and it was a case of, should I just get a taxi or something? I don't mind walking the hotel <laughs> from the airport. So you're living the rock and roll lifestyle. It was a pretty strange thing. And then to get to Oprah Studios the next morning and walk around going, so Oprah, I've never watched it. Um, <laughs> what's, it <laughs> what, what's it like? And everyone, they're going, I've been working here for 17 years and you've never watched the show. This is, this is my life. She, she um, bought an island and took us all the way on holidays there for Christmas last year. You've never watched the show? She's the number one watched program on earth. She's the most influential woman in history. And, um, yeah, she has the golden touch. Some, once, once someone's appeared on her show, their lives are never the same again. By the way, you're up. Have a great time. I'm like, seriously? Whoa, 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 wait. Are you messing with me? No. Go. And then there's Oprah at the end of the, the little tunnel like this and with her arms open. And I'm like, so no preparation. They didn't brief you. You just... Oh, you know, there are producers asking you questions. And, like, when you get up there, they'll ask you this question. Yeah. And have a drink if you like. And do you need your makeup done? No kind of, oh, and by the way, this is Oprah. You're supposed to know who's interviewing you before you get interviewed. All right. So that, so she didn't come into the green room and sit down with you and natter with you? No. She gets into the studios at, like, four in the morning and then edits the, the previous day's shows and then goes through the current day's shows and then works on all of her other stuff. The woman runs an empire. Mm, yeah, I've heard, I've I mean, heard she's um, a really smart lady. Yeah, the amount of work that she does do, I understand that she doesn't have time to come into sure. the green room to talk oh, to but, guests. you know, like she's about to talk to you. I just thought, you know, introduce herself. Well, when you went and saw Andrew Denton, did he do that? Yeah, but now I get it. Oprah, ah, Denton, okay. you know, they're very different. She runs an empire. He runs a, a little a talk show. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you, I got a lot of credibility. I reckon Denton's got a huge amount of credibility. He does. He's an amazing guy, though. He did come in before his interview and have a chat. He's like, oh, you know, seen the video, read a couple of your interviews, really, really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming by. And I'm like, I grew up listening to you on the radio. Mm. Hello. Except you're looking down. Well, you're very tall. What are you, about 8 foot 20? Yeah, (laughs) and he's 4 foot 3, so... No, he was great, and I knew all about Denton, so that was a kind of nerve-wracking moment. 
So did you find going to see Andrew more nerve-wracking than Oprah? Oprah was nerve-wracking from that moment that I was told just how big the show was through to <laughs> actually sitting on the couch. Yeah, Oprah was nerve-wracking. Right. Uh, Once I knew what was going on. Maybe they shouldn't have told you. I should have just shut my mouth and been completely oblivious. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been like, oh, hello. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Hello. Hey, how are you all going? You're just going to go and talk to this chick. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk to this lady and then I'm going to go and then I'm going to find out just what was going on in the first place. Right, right. So what, <laughs> what, was, what came from that? You know, like, I've heard that if you've got a book and Oprah decides to go run with your book, it'll just go to the top sells, 10 bestsellers. Sells, but it becomes a bestseller instantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she has that golden did, touch. And you don't have a product as such. So what happened to you when you turned up there? Um, my product, which is more or less an idea of someone grabbing a piece of cardboard and going out into town, exploded. People oh. do it everywhere now, oh, okay. especially across the States. Like, she was the big... So Oprah actually made everybody go to YouTube, have a look at it, and then go on bigger and better. Um, she has an audience of like 80 million people around the world per episode. For Australia's. Yeah. Um, the video has only been seen by 22 million people. So I don't know how she would have gotten a lot of people to go and watch the video. But I think a lot of people found out just about the idea from that. Right. So it was, um, it was good for getting people out and about. I mean, it has made a big difference to having people sitting and watching a show to, that's a good idea. I can do that. I'm going to go do it. Is that important to you? I think it is. I mean, as much of, as much as a fun idea as it is, it's more important that other people kind of take up the idea and go out and do it themselves instead of having me there all the time. Um, yeah. So better than selling a book or or getting a a thousand t-shirts sold. But now you've got a book. But now I've got a book, but it's free. So Catch 22. So what's the book about? The Illustrated Guide to Free Hugs. It's a free PDF available from freehugsguide.com. There um, will be a link. There will be a link. Awesome. Yeah. It's just a book with you know some of the different types of hugs that I've come across. Because people hug differently depending on the oh, situation they're in. Hug 101. Yeah, pretty much. And then alongside the different types of hugs, there's also kind of an anecdote or a story from the the kind of free hugs experiences that I've had, some of the people I've met and some of the situations I've got myself into. They're fun. They're nice. You know, um, it's a good book. What, what are the different style of hugs? The bear hug is a pretty obvious one. Right. The run and jump hug where someone runs at you from across the street <laughs> and you kind of panic for a second and think, Oh my God, how is it a knife or is it a hug? <laughs> <laughs> well, their arms are wide open. So I assume I'm going to get my kidneys to stay inside this time. Um, you know, things like that. And there are a few other variations like handshakes. A handshake is a hug for hands. Because ah. some guys won't hug you, but they'll give you a handshake. What about the handshake that becomes a hug? You know, the where your man arm goes hug. around. Oh, is that the man hug? That's a man it? hug. I don't know. Another thing from just hugging so many people, women will not hug you like that. No. But men will. Okay. What, what about the whole male-female dynamic, you know? As you hug a woman... You know, it, it can be intimate. You know, like when you, to your lover, you can hug her very differently to the way you hug your mother. Or it's all about where you put your arms. Oh, is it? Yeah. If you hug a stranger, a friend, or um, well, a stranger, or a friend, or an acquaintance, you kind of go for around the shoulders. Okay. When well, you're very tall, so you'd easily it's go over always over the shoulders. Yeah. It's always kind of above the line. If yeah. it's people, do you ever do you ever crouch down and hug people around the chest? Um, shorter people, yeah. I'll. They're persistent. Yeah, I'll duck down and, and hug people just to kind of help out, get down on one knee and okay. do a good deed. Um, yeah, no, I do. 
address the height disparity because I'm pretty tall and I don't have to hunch over and make yeah. people feel bad. Do um do some people not let go? They hug and they hug and they just want to stay there and it's almost like in mo- in mother's bosom they you know that, that through some that something's happening in their life. Yeah, there are people who do kind of hold on for a while and just. The thing that I had to get over when I first started offering free hugs was not knowing when people wanted to stop. Right. So you kind of just stand there and go with it. So you're a little bit more passive than what they tend to be? Is that the way you do it? Um, yes, I am very passive in the way I offer free hugs. I just stand there and wait. Right. And um, I will oh. hug someone for as long as they hug me, and once they let go, it's I off. let go. That's it. The pats tend to be the sign that it's over. Oh. Someone will pat you on the back when it's time to let go. So break hold. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> like, in, like in wrestling. It is. It's exactly like in wrestling. Once they're tapping out, you let go of them. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. So there's kind of these subtle little things that you pick up over yeah. the years. Yeah, well, I can imagine you're the uh, expert on it. It's kind of a strange thing to be an expert <laughs> on, but yeah. What's it taught you? It's taught me that people aren't as bad as we think. I mean, for everything that you see in the news or, or hear about from other people that, you know, someone, people are bad, we're not. You just have to give people a decent opportunity. Give someone a chance to do the right thing and they will. But give them the chance to do the wrong thing and they will. So right. it's just a matter of changing up the opportunities. I mean, I've put my address online and invited people into my home. No problems. I've put myself out in the middle of a street and invited people into my personal space. No problems. Mm. And that's how I've turned up, basically. Richard Giles over in Perth, he pop- popped in a month or so back. He's on my yeah. Twitter feed. I saw that. I went to your website. I went, this is a cool idea. When I come to Sydney, I'm going to drop in. And here I am. And we've never met. I walk no. in here and, yeah, here we are. See, and it's great. You know, my place was a mess before you got here and I had to, like, scurry around while you were uh, outside no, cleaning up. It's not a mess. It's a okay. um, No, you, you learn really quickly to just throw rugs over things and yeah, stuff right. things. Right, and you've also, got a body underneath that blanket there, have you? Yeah, you can see the shape just, uh, <laughs> Oh, damn, I can hide it well enough. <laughs> go, go, gadget, body disposal. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the people are actually all right. Everyone's got so many problems going on. Everyone's just so obsessed and focused on their own lives that really... If you can do something to help someone out, then you've done them a favor. And even if it's just a tiny thing like making someone smile for a minute on a bad Have you day. had any stories come back to you about, you know, they go and they have a hug from you and then something evolves from it? Big time. Um, there was a lady. I wrote about it in my book, actually. So here's a, here's a ruining a story in advance. Um, she would come out and give me a hug every week and she'd watch me. Oh, so her. you had regulars? Yeah, I have regulars. Actually, wow. I think my phone keeps ringing and I think it's actually one of my regulars who... They become regulars, and then they become friends, and then they come over all the time, and you're like, you know, it becomes a big part of my life. But um, this lady would watch me every Thursday. She'd come out on her cigarette breaks and walk down to the mall and watch while she was having a cigarette or, or lunch. And then one week, the week after I got, or the week I actually did get banned by the council, she um, she was having a cigarette, and I, I started, like, walking out of the mall because I was all, all depressed and was about to get fined. And she chased after me, and she was like, hey, Juan, where are you going? I'm like, I just got banned. I've got to go figure out what to do. The council's going to kick me out. She's like, hey, look, I'm a lawyer. Um, go talk to other councils, petitions. They'll tell you oh, petitions okay. the way to go. And then she's like, look, I've been doing law for, for you know, 15 years to, to impress my family and my friends and do the right thing by everyone else, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to go do something with animals. I've been watching you doing the thing that you want to do, and it's kind of inspired me. And you know what? I just saw my house yesterday. I'm moving to Canberra. I'm going to become an animal activist your fault you inspired me to, wow. to chase my dreams instead of do something that satisfies everyone else so um 
thanks. And I'm standing there going, oh God, I've ruined your life too. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't listen to a man with a cardboard sign. I'm just doing my thing to make you smile. Anything else you read into it is, is all on you. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's a good thing. I'm chasing my dreams and you should but too. she's right, you know. She is right because... You know, often we compromise ourselves for other people or we do what society says or we just don't know. And mm. for me personally, I haven't known for 25 years. <laughs> you make me feel so much more comfortable. That's right. You're not, you're not even are you 25 yet? I'm 25. I turned 26 okay, in a couple so of months and I still can't figure it out. For your lifetime, I have been wandering aimlessly. I did my trade mm. and I've been wandering aimlessly. Until I came up to, with this podcast idea, I haven't had focus. And, and this is it. This and is the. This, I mean, this is it. Hey, make money out of it. Bugger if I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like your free hugs. It's something I have to do. Yeah. And it gives me the main reason I'm doing it for myself. I've got an altruistic reason, but the main reason I'm doing it for myself is to meet you and the other yous out there. Yeah. And it's very cool. It is. And and you're doing your version of it, and she's going looking after animals. Yeah. You know, you've got to follow your passion, whatever the damn thing is. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I think if you're truly passionate about it, you'll spin it somehow. And That's, and you've spun a concept like, if it, here's the scenario. Three years ago, business plan, I'm going to give out free hugs <laughs> as a career move. Doesn't look good, does it, as a business plan? No. No, the word free is bad in any business but plan. But you've spun it. You've spun it into a lifestyle. Now... Yeah, slowly but surely. Um, you, you've got the, the book, which is yeah, I've got a book which is free. Coincidentally, if people like it, they can make a donation, and you know that's been doing okay. It's only been online since Christmas Day, so it's all right so far. Okay. Um, I do motivational speaking for businesses and schools and things from time to time. I don't charge extravagant fees and give a lot to charity as well because you know I have a guilt complex about earning a fortune from this. I don't, I don't like it. I just feel like it would be fair. I'm doing it for kindness. So okay. Um, but that's it. You know, I, I have managed to turn a passion into for the time, a career path. Yeah. Now, isn't that extraordinary? Like I said, who would have thought as a business plan that would have been Bob Apple? But I don't think anyone would have thought. Including yourself. Yeah. And, and when you're passionate about things, you see it time and time and time again, you see people who manage to spin it and make it work. Mm. You know, um, you know, Richard Branson decided just to sell records on uh, mail order. <laughs> Look where that lady. And now he does anything he wants. That's and... right. You know, and you know, as an eighteen-year-old, I think he would have been surprised that he was actually going to be funding a, the first commercial space flights. Yeah, I don't think he would have ever expected that. No, hey. no, but that's where it goes when you're passionate. Yeah, you know? and I, 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 I've got heaps of admiration mm. for you. Oh, it's um. So where to from here? Where to from here? Well, geez, um. <sighs> Today, I am going to keep researching history books that I've been trying to write for three years. On what? Um, the Australian, the foundation of the settlement of Sydney. Ah. Yeah, that's a better, better way of putting it. I always have to try and find the have right Have you time. read Leviathan by... Oh, yeah. Oh. read Leviathan, The Fatal Shore. Right, okay. Everything. Okay. I love it. I love history. Yeah. It's one of my passions. I, I thoroughly enjoyed Leviathan. I um, thought it was a tremendous book. Yeah. Well, to just to think that there are cities, we have such a plain view of Australian history. You either forget that it happened or, um, you know, acknowledge that it happened, but don't ask too many details. Mm. So when you do kind of get into it and find out how bloody and, and mm. gory and mm. people like those kind of stories yeah. for some reason, but we don't tell them. So the seedy underbelly, 
Yeah. Know, and, and, and Sydney was full of it, you know, oh. rife with crime. That's what I loved about the way uh, Birmingham wrote Leviathan is, you know, he had all he had these topics that he went through and, and, and he dug deep into yeah. all this grit and, you know, it's, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. It is, it is. And there are so many stories about Sydney like those that he had in the book to just find. So Actually, he lives in Brisbane. I'm going to see if I can try and get him on this podcast. Does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. So I'm, you know, I have to keep reminding myself. I've got to try and track him down and go and have a beer with him. You know, day. go to his website and send him an email and he probably does answer them. Right. I'm learning really quickly that people do actually answer their own emails. Oh. Unless it says, you know, email this group at contact at yes. the group website. Individuals answer their own emails. Yeah, well, hey, anybody sends me an email to chat at yourstorypodcast.com, you know, and mm. it's chat. That's why I chose that, you know, because I want it to be a conversation. I want it to be yeah. two ways, whether it's an email, whether it's something that put on the end of the blog or what we're doing. Yeah. Um, that's it. So at the moment, working on a history book, it's just a, a hobby. I'm taking time off for a couple of weeks after writing the last one. And then um, back to back to motivational speaking and, I guess, on to working on the next book. Got to finish researching that because that's already planned. And then, so how many motivational talks would you give a year? Do you think a dozen? Um, I did less than that last year. Um, hopefully this year a lot. I'd like to do a lot this year. I guess one of my long-term plans has always been to visit every country on the planet. I don't know anyone who's done it. So how many, how many countries are there? One hundred and ninety-five, give or take, depending on the week. Yeah, and then. Um, <laughs> The 50 or so disputed territories that right. splinter off. So about 250. That's a good goal. Yeah, yeah, it'll take a few years, but... Yeah, uh, you know, get a photo, hold your free hug sign in every single country. Every that would, country. Wouldn't that make a great montage? It would, and yeah. I think it'd be a nice trip. So that's my life ambition. That's good, that's good. So that's it, I've got to write another book that'll actually sell copies instead of giving it away. <laughs> yeah, 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 hey, you know, hey, a coffee book. A mm. coffee table book of all the free hug places, you know, that could be great, you know. I'll definitely, I wonder. Hmm. Yeah. High quality photos, you know, all this sort of stuff. Then know? I'll have to take a photographer you know, with me. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. set us up like this. Imagine, you know, imagine hugging people in Tibet and Swaziland and, you know, oh, you know just, just be... all the contrasting cultures yeah, around and, this one constant. And me in the figure. same jacket, same sign, yeah. same guy, different place. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, it would be. That's kind of the big dream is to achieve that in my lifetime. Every country. That's good. And as you go through the book, you, we can watch you age. You start at 25 <laughs> and you're 80 years old as a wizened grey-haired old I man. Made it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and having to double back and visit the countries that split up or combine is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the, the life ambition. But um, that's it, I guess. I'm 25. I've done everything I've ever wanted to that I ever set out in high school and every kid writes their little goals and dreams. I've done them. So it's just, you know, these last two, writing my history book and traveling all around the world, and that's it. Well, the good thing about that last one is oh, it's going to take, take forever. It'll take a lifetime <laughs> to finish it. It's going to take me forever, but that's that's it. Actually, I dropped and saw your site yesterday. Um, and... Uh, had a bit of a look at it and I saw that you did a presentation somewhere and they and you were saying that you were going to be turfed out of this place. Yeah, I was set to be evicted from, from this apartment from actually inviting people in and doing that. Is that the reason? I think that was the reason, yeah. We don't like the fact that all these odd people keep 
turning up. My neighbours didn't like it. They thought it was dangerous that I'd invited the world to come. Yeah, and have and visit. Four bill, five billion, six billion people turned up yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's been close to like 110 or so. So it hasn't been anything drastic at all. So today's 111. Yeah, pretty much. Um, my neighbours were just worried that something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You invite the world in your home and you can't expect the best. You have to expect the worst. I've had nothing but a good run with it. They freaked out, called the real estate agent, and the agent came by and said, you're going to have to stop that or you have to get out. Um, So how come you're still here? Well, I had a chat to the real estate agent and a few other people and and kind of tried to find an option to to sort everything out so that I wasn't bothering the neighbors and I could get out of here. And um, the apartments are actually being sold to a new bunch of owners who have come through here and like, oh, wait, you? We heard you were going to get evicted. Not happening. No, wow. They see you as being a bit valuable now, do they? Hopefully these new guys do come through with coming. Come, come and live in the unit block where one man. You, you know, you've seen in, oh. you've seen the YouTube video. I don't think anyone would pay to live near me, but it's, it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you never know. There might be a brass plaque put on the outside <laughs> once you move on. <laughs> they take, take down the numbers and put like up a plaque. Captain Cook's there. cottage, you know. <laughs> it gets knocked down and rebuilt somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> They'll take this room apart brick by brick. It's not worth it. I hope no one ever has to live in this room again. Uh, it's actually it's a, it's a small but cute little space. And, yeah. and the photo that's on your website actually shows it quite well, you know, with mm. all the birds on the wall here and... Yeah, that was a professional photographer. I, no one could have done that without any level of skill. Um, you know, you have to make the most of the tiny space you've got. Yeah, that's good. So, okay, so the open home idea, I finished the first draft of my book and thought, wow, I'm nearly done. I don't have to worry so much about this. Many sleepless nights later. Okay, I'd finished my, the first draft of the Illustrated Guide to Free Hugs and I thought, wow, I've got some spare time now. I can, I can relax. I'm going to do something nice. I'm going to take the, the free hugs idea of believing that people are good inherently and um, take it up a notch and invite everyone to my home. All right, that'll be interesting. Then I can make some YouTube videos and things of people just coming to my house, much like your stories podcasting, but from my lounge room yeah. and on YouTube. And uh, so put my address online and thought, you know, the worst that's probably going to happen is that a bunch of rowdy teenagers are going to show up and, throw a rock through my window. Ooh. Has that happened? No. <laughs> and here I am like four months on and nothing bad has happened at all. Over a hundred people have dropped in. I get cookies and coffee. Um, it's been amazing. I've met some really cool people just mm. randomly dropping in. Mm. Um, and are they any sort of person? Yeah, can you put them into a category or is it the whole spectrum? I've had people drop by with their children as young as four, and I had a 108-year-old lady drop in as well. 108? She had an escort, of course. But yeah, I was going to say, would they carry her in, did they? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh. From a four-month-old girl to a 108-year-old lady. Wow. And everything in between. Yeah, and, and all the different social sectors? Pretty much. There was a kid who was kind of leaving, oh, my God, you put your address online, I'm going to come over and trash a house messages on YouTube on my video. And so I started sending messages to him going, well, you can do that, but, you know, I've thought this through, so you're going to get caught. That's not smart. Or you can just come over and play video games. Take your pick. And we had a chat, and he finally ended up coming over and just hanging out and playing video games instead of trashing my place. Oh. And I thought, all right. How to, how to win. Yeah, yeah. How to, you know, and, you know, love them, you know, kill them with kindness, so to speak. You know, you, yeah, that was it. You beat him into submission through generosity and love oh look we grew up in the same neighborhood it turned out so i kind of understood where the kid was coming from we ended up playing video games we blew stuff up and ran around and related anyway so it was good yeah it was really good 
having an open home hasn't been bad. And I've been offered so many other homes around the planet to stay at as well. It's a case of now, if I travel to a whole bunch of different countries, these people have got homes for me to stay in. Well, it's the ultimate couch surfing, isn't it? It is. You've got got the open invitation because of the video. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean... When I do eventually travel all the way around the world, I kind of want to couch surf instead of staying in hotels. Yeah. It would be nice to visit people's homes and stay with people. When you go to a foreign city, you learn more staying with people who live there than you do. I agree. Just by staying in a hotel and reading a pamphlet, you miss out on a lot. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, you know, you have to... Again, this is what the podcast is all about. It's all about community, you know, mm. conversation and community, you know, and you can't have a community unless you have conversation with the real people. You know, the the doorman at the hotel. It's hard to get a true conversation, but if, if you can get to go home with him, ah, then it starts to Once there, people are off duty, then they tell you everything yeah. you want to hear. Once you get someone That's out right. of the uniform or the, the work context, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're going to run this, going to keep, keep the open house? Doll? So as long as I'm, I'm here, yeah, I'll keep it going. I'm probably going to be stuck with this one apartment for the rest of my natural life, though. <laughs> I have a feeling... I you keep... make it sound like it's a prison. <laughs> For the first month, when I kind of realized people were showing up every day, and as soon as I'd try and step outside to go shopping, I was like, oh my god, I'm going to be stuck in that room for the rest of my life. I'm never going to be let out. But unfortunately, over Christmas, people were like, I've got to go visit family, I've got to do things. It's a bit quieting down and I can do some work. But, um, no, I have a feeling that I'll, I'll probably have to, like, buy this apartment one day. Or just live here. Oh, yeah. So that people can find me. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel sorry for the person who moves in here next. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, isn't it? I hadn't yeah. thought of that. that, that yeah, don't mind. Uh, I'm not moving in there. I've just decided I don't want this unit. <laughs> I think that was the case. I didn't think of it until it was too late. And so I went, wow, I feel sorry for the person who's there next. I'm like, yeah. you are so right. Oh, no. Mind you, you know, most people go to your website to get your address to come here. And once that is removed, it's probably okay. Yeah. We'll see. Well, that's the adventure. That's it. I guess I'm on an adventure of human kindness, discovering just how good people are, given the opportunity. And people are good. They are. They really are. And if they're bad, you'd be surprised. You can find the good in them somehow. Mm. You just need to to work on it. Yeah, I fundamentally believe that too. Yeah. Juan, thank you very much. Thank you very much for for dropping by, Ian. I really appreciate it. Oh, mate. It's my honour. I'm I'm chuffed to have met you. (laughs) Well, anytime. My door's open. All the best, eh? Bye-bye. Bye.
There are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.